Good morning and welcome to the Crossbridge live stream. Um, I know today's a little bit different, um, but we want to continue gathering together as a church one way or another to be able to worship together um, and to be able to hear from God's word. And um, during this uncertain time, um, we don't want to lose or close off um, our lives from each other, but we really want to take that to a whole nother level. And so today during the live stream, there will be polls, there will be chat features available, and we want to encourage you guys to interact with those, um, even though we are not standing physically together or next to each other. Um, the features won't be open the entire service, but keep an eye out for those things as they pop up. Um, and we hope that even though we're not able to be worshiping together in one physical place, that we're still able to interact with each other, to have fellowship with one another um, through the gift of technology, and um, as well as be able to worship together and sing together as one big church alongside others around the world. And so um, we encourage you to gather with your families this morning as we worship. So um, for the 20% of you who are in your bedroom and the 40% of you in your living room, um, if you could gather with your families um, and take a moment, stretch, get up, gather together, um, youth and children, go find your parents, parents, gather your children. Um, and this service is designed with your entire family in mind. And so um, from young adults or from adults to young adults to children um, to youth, um, we hope that we can basically continue to gather together to study the word consistently. Um, we hope that this will be a start of you guys doing this at home together um, and worshiping throughout the week together. So um, if you would go ahead and take a moment to prepare your own hearts um, for worship, and then I will open us up in prayer. We'll continue our service this morning with scripture reading. Our scripture comes from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 to 16, and I'll be reading from the ESV version. Again, our scripture this morning comes from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 to 16. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is head into Christ. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. May God bless the reading of his word. Thank you, Emily and uh, worship team. I thought you chose songs that were spot on for today. Jen and everybody, thank you so much for leading us. And uh, good to see everybody uh, virtually. We're all coping as well as we can with the corona outbreak, yes. And uh, Jeff uh, Huang and uh, Jason and Chris have put in lots of time and expertise on uh, making this happen today, and so we're very thankful to these people. And I'm sure there's a host of other people that are making it happen also, so thank you very much. From my perspective, it's going off smoothly and without a hitch. Uh, we'll see how it actually <laughs> comes off when we review the, the video. And uh, the elders of the church also, um, there have been literally hundreds of emails, literally hundreds. What about this and this? And where are we going to meet? And why do we have to cancel that? And everybody is together uh, coping uh, as well as we can. And thank you very much. And I heard about some second grade boys that were coping with uh, this outbreak also. At recess, these second grade boys were playing uh, virus tag. <laughs> So they were making uh, lemonade out of the lemons, and uh, the one who was it was called the Corona. <laughs> and 
uh, if, if he, when he tagged someone else, then everybody, they were all on the same team, so they were gathering people until there was just one person left. So uh, we're all coping as well as we can. Their teacher didn't think it was funny. Sorry for, for uh, laughing about that. Second grade boys, okay. <laughs> we are continuing in our series on how to get unstuck uh, spiritually. And our theme verse is from 2 Peter chapter 1. His divine power has given us all things necessary for life and godliness. That is the word of God. His promise to us. He has given us all things necessary to make our way through this life and for our own character, our godliness. Uh, we're calling it how to get unstuck uh, spiritually. Do you have a besetting sin? He has given you what you need. He has given us all things necessary to, to break that. Now, I don't mean to overstate the case. It, it may take a while. It may take years. Maybe in this life you will never be fully delivered. But even in this life, we can, we can take some steps and we can see a measure of victory. Are you a worrier? Is that your besetting sin? It just it clings to you like barnacles? You may carry that with you throughout your life, but even in this life, as I say, uh, you can have a measure of victory. How has he, what, what are some of these uh, all things? He has given us all things necessary. What are some of them? The word of God, prayer, the ministry of the body. That's what we're looking at today. His people, his church, your friends. We're calling it spiritual friendship. Remember that he is the one that uh, gives us the strength and our sustenance comes through the roots, the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, and then he enables us to leaf and to bear fruit. His divine power has given us all things necessary for life and godliness. All right, the thing that we're looking at today is spiritual friendships. And I would like to say for me personally, I think this is up on the top of the list in how God uh, continues to shape me and mold me, form me into the image of Christ. It's my peers, it's my friends, it's their encouragement, it's their, sometimes their rebuke, it's their words, it's their prayers. The ministry of the body, we're calling it spiritual friendships. And we see this, I'm taking this idea from our text, Emily has read it for us, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up into him. That's another way to say this, we're, we're growing, we're progressing. We are to grow up into him in every way, who, because he is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint, that's you and me, Every body part, every joint is held together by every joint with which it is equipped. And when each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So we're talking about 
the body of Christ and this peer relationship we have with each other, this friendship speaking the truth in love. All right, so let us um, raise four questions about the, from this text, provide some biblical teaching and some answers on how we can leverage and use this means of grace called uh, spiritual friendships. All right, first question, what does it mean to speak the truth in love? Well, uh, we see it right there at the beginning of our text, by, by means of speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up. Okay, what does this mean? Well, um, you will be uh, edified to know that in Greek, this is a participle. Isn't that beautiful? Aren't you glad you're tuned in today and come to church? It is a first-person <laughs> plural participle. And as you'll remember from junior high, a participle is a noun, which you kind of make a verb out of it. You, you do an action associated with that noun. For example, the noun vacation. But you can make a verb out of that, can't you? They are vacationing. It means to do the things associated with a vacation. They are they're at Disney World, and they're eating cotton candy, and they're getting sunburned. They are vacationing, okay? Uh, we can take the noun pastor, and we can say he or she is pastoring, a verbal noun. Uh, they're doing the things associated with being a pastor. They're visiting, and they're going to the hospital, and they're praying, and they're taking up offerings, and they're doing the things associated with being a pastor. All right, what do we have here? We have the noun truth, and it's turned into an action, and it's, it's, we don't have a way to translate it very well. I think speaking the truth is a good translation, but, but literally it would be something like truthing it, <laughs> truthing it. In love, we are to grow up into him. Okay, what does that mean? Truthing it. What does it mean? It means, number one, to speak facts. You know, the truth, uh, accuracy. Like when you go to court, do you uh, swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you, God, you speak that which is uh, true and accurate. So that is uh, part of what it means, but it means more than that. It's not just a... Uh, accurate rehearsal of facts and figures. It, it's not less than that, but it also means to live uh, in a way that is in accordance with the truth, to live dependably, to live faithfully. And we use the word truth sometimes this way. We say, oh, she is a true friend. That doesn't mean necessarily a factual friend. It means a, a real, a bona fide friend. The qualities of friendship are embodied in her. Uh, in the old days in the court system, um, juries used to be made up of 12 good men and true, meaning dependable, faithful, uh, integrity. So what does it mean to truth it with each other? It means, first of all, to speak the facts in a way that is dependable and uh, full of integrity and, and faithful to live, to speak truly. 
So that's uh, what it means in a literal sense. I'll illustrate it as we go along, but it's literally to truth it with each other. We will grow up. And that's our second question. What happens when we do this? What happens when we live faithfully and truthfully and and, uh, befriend each other in this way? Well, what does the scripture say to answer that question? We grow up. By means of truthing it in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Do you want to grow? This is going to be one of the means of grace. It has been for me. I'm sure many people can testify to this. A friend speaking faithfully and truly in love. You grow. Become more like Jesus. I wonder if you notice in our text a little uh, implied uh, metaphor, a little implied comparison. And that is uh, Jesus is the head And we are the body that needs to grow up into the head. I think the idea is that um, if you look at a a baby, a, a toddler, their heads are way out of proportion compared to the size of their body. Have you ever noticed that? If you're a cartoonist and you want to draw a child, you can give them a real big head, sort of like with peanuts, you know, Charlie Brown, real big head and small body. It gives a childlike quality. If you ask a little kid to do this, where's my camera? If you ask them to do this and reach over their head and touch their ear, they can't do it because their head is so big, their arms are like, they'll go, they'll cheat, they'll go around the back and do it like this. And so what is it saying? The the scripture is implying that Jesus is this size, and the little body is this size, and we got to grow up to be proportionate. We have to become adults to become proportionate to the size of Jesus, our head. And this happens And we grow and we become like Jesus by means of speaking the truth in love with each other. What happens when we perform this this ministry of truthing it? We grow up. We will no longer be infants, so says the context of our passage. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head. So, are you deceptive? In the quietness of your own heart, <laughs> no lifting of hands, do you, is it just sort of a lifestyle? Is it, is it a knee-jerk reaction? Is it a habit with you? You just kind of spin the truth to protect yourself or for whatever reason? Look, you guys, Jesus isn't like that. Jesus isn't deceptive. And you've got this little, little baby body and you can't reach over here and your arms are too short. You need to grow up. 
And how will we grow up? Our scripture says, by speaking the truth in love with each other. Are you impatient? Just kind of a lifestyle, you're, you're, just, you're, you're a driven person, and it ends up being, you end up being rude and stepping on people's toes. Let's remind ourselves, Jesus wasn't like that. He isn't like that. And we need to grow up into the head, into the proportion, to the character of Christ. The immediate context of our passage, the verses right before, verses 15 and 16, are actually dealing with uh, being tossed about by every wind of doctrine and every deception. So, so one way that we're protected and one way we grow up, one way that we're preserved and safeguarded from heresy, you know, from departing from the faith, every wind of doctrine, all these teachings, one way that we can be safeguarded, we can grow up uh, to be like Christ, is, once again, by speaking the truth in love. Let me see if I can illustrate this for you with, with an, a real-life uh, story. Uh, Gordon MacDonald uh, is an author, he's a speaker. He used to be the, the pastor of Grace uh, Chapel right here in Lexington. And Gordon MacDonald says, one time, many years ago, I was on a speaking tour in Yokohama, Japan, and I was with a, an older friend, and we were ministering together. And we were walking down the street in Yokohama, Japan, and the name of a, another friend, a common friend, came up, and I said something rude and sarcastic, and it was a put-down. And right there on the sidewalk, my older friend stopped and look, he looked me right in the face, and he said, Gordon... A man who says he loves God wouldn't talk about an absent friend that way. McDonald says, you could have taken a knife and put it in my ribs and the, the pain would not have been worse. But you know what, Gordon McDonald says, he did what friends do. <laughs> Uh, he, he played the role of a prophet, and he spoke the truth, and, and for our purposes, he truthed it with me in love. McDonald says, I'll tell you what, there have been a hundred times in the succeeding years when I have caught myself and stopped myself when those words started rolling out because when I'm tempted to say something sarcastic and to put down someone else, I hear the words of my older friend, Gordon, a man who says he loves God, wouldn't talk that way about a friend who's absent. Okay, so what happened with Gordon McDonald? Well, he just had a little growth spurt. <laughs> he had a little, little, a little shot of uh, growth hormone or adrenaline or something, and he just grew to be a little bit more proportionate to our head, uh, to Jesus Christ himself. So the second question is, what happens when we truth it with each other? Third question, how, how can we do it? Let's get practical. 
let's talk about some, uh, some skills for this kind of communication. Let me suggest two ways that we can truth it with each other. And the first way is to encourage. Let those kinds of truthful words <laughs> come out of your mouth and you will make a difference in the character and the heart and the, the, uh, the, the perspective and the life of your friend. Encourage. Now, Crossbridge is very good at this. Uh, you are like, in my opinion, um, our verse from uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. So two thumbs up, good job. And I just want to encourage you to encourage each other even more. Just as Paul said to the Thessalonians, build each other up just as, uh, just keep going, keep doing it more and more. How can we encourage one another? With the truth of God, with a revelation of God. See, biblical encouragement is more than just like a compliment or you know, just a passing remark. It's probably not less than that, but it is to put courage into someone when they're discouraged. And how do we do that? With the word of God, with a revelation of God, with doctrine, if you want to call it that, with the truth of God. Do you remember um, how Paul did this in the book of 1 Thessalonians? Do you remember that passage, uh, chapter 4? Um, the Thessalonians thought that Jesus was going to return soon. And then, you know, week piled upon week and stretched into months and turned into year and year piled upon year and some of their members started to die and the people of Thessalonica were like, what is this? I thought Jesus was coming down. We didn't know we would still experience trials and, and, and they were very discouraged. So Paul wrote to them and he gave them a vision of God. He gave them truth. He gave them doctrine. Jesus is coming back with the voice of the archangel, the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Chapter 4, verse 18. So do you have a friend that's discouraged? Trials, corona, worried. Speak the truth to them. Tell them, I will never leave you or forsake you. Even in trials. God is an ever-present help in our time of need. Though this outward shell of a body, this, this uh, tabernacle is fading away, he has prepared for us an eternal dwelling in the heavens. So, we look on these light and momentary afflictions and we do not lose heart. So how can you encourage one another with the truth of God, with a revelation of God? You might call it with doctrine. Titus chapter 1 verse 9 gives the uh, 
qualifications for being an elder. One of the elders, uh, one of the qualifications is he must hold firmly to the trustworthy message that has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine. Now, as I'm speaking on this spiritual friendship, this ministry of the body, this iron sharpening iron, as I'm speaking, is the Lord bringing anyone to your mind? Someone who needs courage. Pick up the phone. Write a letter. You guys remember letters? <laughs> Take them out to lunch and speak comforting, encouraging words from God. And it will do something to their heart and their worldview and their perspective and their emotions. We're in this thing together, aren't we? This is the ministry of the body. May I illustrate? True story. Many years ago, many years ago, a couple years after I was married, uh, my wife and I, Liz, were making our first major move. We've moved many times in our lives. This was the first one. We were newly married. We hardly owned anything. We put all of our earthly goods into one of the smallest U-Haul trailers, and we only filled it up about halfway. And, and I was nervous about driving uh, from South Carolina to Pennsylvania. That's where we were, would be living. Because I had never pulled a trailer before, and I'm not very mechanical, and I was all kind of tied up in knots. And one hour out of our, uh, uh, the place, our departure point, smoke started billowing out the back of the car. My adrenaline spiked, my heart started pounding. I pulled over to the side of the road and I opened the door and I kind of uh, leaned out and looked underneath and some, some gooky substance was coming from the engine running back onto the, the exhaust and that, that's what was making all the smoke and uh, I don't know what to do. We managed to get the car off the next exit and there was sort of a repair place there. And uh, it was going to take at least a day. It was a big operation. We didn't have any money. It was a big operation. And we were staying overnight in this little dive of a hotel. And I was a mess. I was depressed and scared. And where are we going to get the money? And uh, my wife Liz said, like, hey, it'll be okay, you know. And, and that was, she was getting nowhere with that. So you know what she did? She took a Bible, and she opened it up, and she just started reading. Though the mountains quake and the seas roar, though the mountains melt like wax and your transmission falls apart, <laughs> Yet I am God. I will never leave you or forsake you. And as she read, I felt my, my body 
what did she do in those moments? She realigned <laughs> the universe for me with a vision of God, with doctrine, with the truth of God. How can we encourage one another with the truth of the Lord? Another way you can encourage is by simply serving practically, nonverbal communication, if you will. And this can be a wonderful ministry of spiritual friendship. And, and once again, Crossbridge is great at this. Just keep doing what you're doing and maybe even augment and you know, to upgrade another step. But we can serve each other just with you know, things like praying for one another and meals and babysitting and just these practical ways. If you'd like to look at a practical ministry of encouragement, look at the little book of Philemon. Uh, Paul says to Philemon, you have refreshed the hearts of the saints, verse 7. You have refreshed my heart, verse 20. How did he do this, verse 22? Prepare a guest room for me. Philemon was this, uh, this probably a wealthy person. He had a nice big house. And just set aside a place of refuge, a guest room for me. So we can encourage each other by serving practically. First answer to our question, how can we encourage, uh, how can we uh, truth it with each other is with a ministry of encouragement. And the second answer to our question is with another speaking ministry, and we'll call it to admonish or admonition. This means to teach or to warn. Maybe like with uh, Gordon MacDonald, his friend admonished him. It can be translated counsel. It's speaking the truth, but it might be you know, truth with an edge to it, to, uh, uh, designed to change a person and to, to get them back on the straight and narrow. How can we admonish one another? Very briefly, the Bible says, when you admonish, when you, when you speak the truth <laughs> with an edge, uh, do it privately. Keep the circle of communication as tight as possible. So don't rebuke um, your kids, if possible, in the middle of the grocery store. Save it for privately. Uh, don't correct and uh, admonish uh, in a staff meeting. If possible, save it for afterwards. The passage there in uh, Matthew 18, you may remember, if, you're, if your brother uh, sins against you, go to your brother and show him his fault just between the two of you. So said our Lord Jesus. If that doesn't work, uh, broaden out the circle of communication a little bit by taking one or two or three people along with you. If that doesn't work, broaden it out further. But the principle is uh, privately. Another principle is purely. We admonish, we speak the truth to each other purely. And by that, I mean we're not guilty of the same thing ourselves. We're not, we're not being a hypocrite about this. Galatians 6.1 says, you who are spiritually mature, uh, admonish and correct. So, um, our Lord Jesus said, uh, look, 
if you have a log in your eye, <laughs> don't be telling me about the speck in my eye. First, get rid of the log, and then you're in a position to speak about my faults purely. We must not be guilty of the same thing or even a bigger thing. So, if your spouse is spending too much money on sort of luxury items in the grocery store, I mean, things you don't really need, they cost a lot of money, and you've talked about this, and you don't have enough money, and you have a budget, and you've agreed together. If you are blowing money through gambling, I don't know if you're in a position to be the one to truth it with your spouse. Take the log out of your own eye first. I'm calling that... Uh, do so purely. Third suggestion, how to admonish placidly. Placidly. For the families who are uh, watching together, uh, parents, I'll give you uh, seven seconds to explain the word placid to your kids. One, two, three, go. Eh, eh, time is up. Yes, the word placid means calm or unruffled. Uh, in New York State, there's Lake Placid. Uh, presumably, it's nice and <laughs> calm, I guess, up there. So when we speak the truth in love, let, let us do it calmly and placidly. Let us, uh, uh, let us speak the truth in love, gently. 2 Timothy chapter 2 uh, 24 and 25 says, the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach. Those who oppose him, he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance. Placid, calm, gentle, have you heard the phrase, a, a loose cannon? We don't want people to be loose cannons. Do you, do you know what that means? If you don't know what that means, go down to the Boston Harbor and take a tour of the USS Constitution, old Ironsides, and you will see on the deck of that old uh, uh, sailing vessel, that man of war from the early 1800s, you will see large, massive cannons. They weigh tons and tons. And you don't want a loose cannon rolling around on the heaving seas in the middle of a storm, bashing things this way. And what are you going to do with a loose cannon? You can't just grab it and put it back where it belongs. You get out of the way. No loose cannons. Some people are strong on truth. Some people are strong on love. And God's standard is both speaking the truth in a loving way. Final question. Here we go. Final question on how to leverage our spiritual friendships. Why don't we do this? Especially admonish. Maybe you could include encourage there. I just think we need to talk more. We need to be bolder and to speak more, even kind words, and, but also especially uh, admonishing. Why don't we do it? It is powerful, you guys. Ask Gordon McDonald. 
maybe you have had an experience. I've had experiences. We grow up into Christ who is the head by admonishing words, truthful, loving words. Why don't we do this? Well, I'm not sure why we don't. Here are some reasons I'm hesitant to do it. You may identify with some of these. Somebody says, well, I don't know, I don't know when to do it. I don't know when to admonish and when to overlook somebody's fault. Because you know that overlooking is also a biblical virtue. Uh, it is a glory to overlook, so, you know, not, not get all bent out of shape all the time. And I just don't know... Um, you know, where that dividing line is between something that's serious enough to admonish and something you just kind of let it go. Okay, let me suggest real quickly, does this person's sin significantly dishonor God? It's not just some little, you know, little slip of the tongue or something. It's a lifestyle. It's a problem that may help you uh, answer this question or deal with this objection. Does it significantly dishonor God? Has the sin damaged your relationship? You just can't get back to that place you were and there's a separation and there's a wall that has gone up. Maybe you need to go to them and speak the truth in love. Is the person hurting others? You might need to stand up. You might need to take the cause of justice and... and, uh, to be a representative and to speak in behalf of those who can't speak? Is the person hurting himself or herself? Speak up, speak up. Remember James chapter 5. If one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Another um, reaction, another objection is, oh, this is just too hard. This is just, I can't do this. I'm too scared. It's too risky. And my response to that is, I understand and I agree But let us remember that truth-telling is a tool for growing up in Christ. By truthing it, we will grow up. Somebody says, I don't want to hurt people. And our response to that is, good. You're the kind of person we're looking for (laughs) to speak the truth. We don't want the kind of person who says, I'll do it. I love doing this. It doesn't bother me. (laughs) No, we want someone like you. But... Let's remind ourselves, Proverbs 19, 17, faithful are the wounds of a friend. And then somebody says, well, that's the pastor's job. I'm, just leave me out of this. I don't want to do this. And I think there's some truth in that. I, I think the pastors do have a special obligation, but uh, not the whole obligation. What does our passage say? When each part that's, that's us, is working properly, then the body grows up. The whole body is joined and held together by every joint and every ligament, and so we have this ministry. Well, ask God for courage, pick up the phone, write a letter, set up an appointment, pray for an open door, ask God to help you in this ministry 
of spiritual friendship by speaking the truth in love. By doing so, we will grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we ask for your help in this crucial, life-changing ministry of truthing it with each other. Please give us spiritual friends and help us be spiritual friends. In Jesus' name, amen.